If you're not sick tonight, you need him. If all your bills are paid, you still need him. Fulfilled with the Holy Ghost, you still need him. No matter really who you are or where you are in the spectrum of God, we all need him. I don't know about you, I need him more now than I've ever needed him in my life. A lot of folks seem like the way they're acting and the way they're doing of their lives. It's like they're telling Jesus, I don't need you as much as I used to. Whenever I was younger, Lord, I really needed you, and I thought I was pretty dependent on you, but I've become smarter now, and I'm older, which means most of the time we're dumber. That's right, because right. Right, we've learned, learned a whole lot more about sin and made a whole lot more mistakes. Those of you that are 50, are you more stupid now than you were when you were five? Which means those of you that are 80, you're in bad shape. <laughs> Go ahead and say amen, Brother The more we live as humans and the more we look at the realities of God and the realities of what we think are realities for humans, how great He is. It's not a marvel, really. It's not a marvel that I would need Him. The marvel is that he would say, I am not complete without you. Amen. I believe that. St. John chapter 4, verse 23. Greet you tonight in the name of the Lord. Isn't it wonderful to be able to be back, back together to worship and <clears throat> hear the word of the Lord, sing, pray, praise, just Come to see what the Lord will do for us tonight in the service. <clears throat> but the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit <clears throat> and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. This must have seemed so strange and so unusual. For God in the Old Testament was related to by the title Father, 
so few times. But for a, a, a person that looked like just an ordinary man that appeared to be a Jew, for this Jew to be calling God his father must have seemed very unusual. Verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. <clears throat> now let's come down to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, and we'll watch the unfolding of this person who actually said this to the woman at the well. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now I want you to know the way, notice the way that Paul identifies him here. Because Paul doesn't call him Jesus Christ, though he was, but he calls him Christos Humanity, or Christos, the name of the Logos. So here he turns it around, instead of saying Jesus Christ, he says Christ Jesus, or the anointed human of God. Amen. Now he has a reason for placing it this way. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form, amorphe, of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Now this is the mind every Holy Ghost filled child of God should have. To make themselves of no reputation. Forget the idea of being great, rich, famous, and important. Because that was not the mind of Christ Jesus. Now notice what Paul says, who being in the form of God. Now think, he who was in the form of God took this mind on him. What about those of us that are in the form of animals? but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. So it goes from the amorphe of God to the amorphe of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Mama. Let's bow our heads together if you would. How many would like to be remembered? Just lift your hand there before the Lord. Heavenly Father, as we bow our heads to the dust of the earth from whence we are taken, Lord, with a promise that we also are partakers of the heavenly. We know as the promise was given to Abraham from dust to stars, so is it with his seed from dust to stars. Lord, as we approach you tonight to the channel of prayer. We want you to know how grateful we are. Thank you for coming to the earth, Lord Jesus, to take upon yourself the form of a servant, to take upon yourself the likeness of human beings that you might change us to be like you.
Father, we ask tonight that you would help us in this service as we endeavor to pull back the pages of the Word of God. May we see plainly the Lord Jesus. May we not, O Lord, look through eyes of tradition or eyes of theology, but may we look through the very heart and mind of God to be able to see the blessed one who stands before us. For it's in the name of the living word, the Lord Jesus, that we ask it. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. So what kind of a person was this? Who, if we could have stood there that day and asked what Pilate asked, would we have said, who are you? What are you? What are you doing here? What is your purpose? Are you a king? Are you just a man? Are you an angel? I hear they call you the Son of God. Are you? They told me that you said you are a king. Are you? Who are you? What are you? Why are you here? Yet he, he answers them when they ask these questions in such a limited form. But here he is speaking to a woman at the well which is ill-famed, has all these husbands, couldn't even come out to get her water when the rest of the women came out. She had to come out around dinner time. They come out in the morning. But he opens to her a mystery about himself that Pilate, Caiaphas, Annas, Many of the so-called great men of that day never got to hear. And when Paul takes this mystery of himself after the word has been made flesh, then Paul goes to looking back from eternity, bringing it up to the breaking of time, to the giving of the Torah, coming up to the prophets, the Old Testament closed out with Malachi, John, the messenger of the new covenant. Then Paul begins to unveil, or as the word is in Revelation, apocalypsis, which means to take the cover off. Paul begins to break in to the mystery of this person in a way that Peter or James 
or none of the rest of the riders actually was able to break into the person of God. And yet we know that God kept a portion of this for the last days. As he says that the mystery of God should be finished as he has declared to his servants the prophets. And the mystery would be consummated or completed under the ministry of the seventh angel. So the first church angel, Paul, had a revelation that was comparative to none of his brothers. They wrote about deity, humanity, miracles, the Almighty, but none of them had the view of who this really was the way Paul did. Now we know this is the thing about God's nature. That God gives the revelation of himself to whom he will. Once he does, then they share it in the capacity that God allows them to share, which many times is less than the way they see it. But God gives them then the ability to share it with others. Then unless the same God quickens it to them as they hear it, then it becomes from revelation to education. Then as they hear it, then the speaker tries to clarify his points. As he watches the people, their body language, expression on their face, and so on. And many times he can tell that they're not getting it. So he will back up and approach it again. Then he will approach it from maybe the side and another angle. So they will be able to understand where he's coming from. Now, many times as the approach is changed, then God will take that channel and quicken it to them and they see it. Other times they sit there, they don't catch it, they might catch a bit, and then God will have him to repeat it. So they catch a little more, a little more, a little more, and as it is unveiling to them, it is like the increments of the body of Christ are being put together before them, and they're seeing this image as it becomes more clear. Now, unless that happens, what, what they tend to do is they become more educated on that particular subject or topic that the speaker is talking about. Then, as they hear it repeatedly over and over and over again, and it begins to make more sense in the human intellect, and they begin to have a conception of what the speaker is talking about, depending on how gifted he is, how much dynamics he has. And they will sit there and they will hear it, and they will begin to comprehend it. Now, if they're not careful, what they will do is conceive in the womb of their mind, and they are now conceiving a child. This child is going to be an intellectual child of someone else's Revelation. Now, as they hear it, and they hear it repeatedly, and then the speaker's ability might uh, have great uh, influence and persuasion over them, 
And then by that, it'll begin to make sense over everything else they've heard about that topic. And they will think, many of them will think and believe that it is actually being revealed to them by God, which in reality, they are getting it by intellectual conception. And then they may hold on to that for several years until someone else with a greater ability than the man they heard explain it will come and take some of those same scriptures or quotes or so on and explain it in a more profound way and maybe a better gifted man and explain it in a total opposite way than what they heard it before. Then their faith is totally shattered. Then hear what they have believed, what they've stood for, what they felt like was absolutely the truth. Now they are so shaken to their very roots, they don't even know what they any longer believe. Now, this is exactly what has happened down through the ages from the Garden of Eden up to our present tense right now. This is what's happened to some of those who have embraced the message of the hour and then walked away. It was they never had genuine birth revelation in the first place. They heard somebody explain it and it made sense. And the more they sat under, the more sense it made until somebody raised up a question that they could not answer. For intellectual faith, that is the death blow. You see, revelatory faith that comes from the Father directly to the human soul, it does not need to know all the wherefores and the whys and the how comes and all the so-called facts. It is revealed to them directly from the heart of God. Now, if they can find it in a piece of archaeological stone, well, you know, they don't have a problem with that. If they can find it in 47 newspapers that it said it, they're okay with that as well. But actually, it doesn't make them believe any more than before they ever saw the 47 articles in the newspaper. Because they did not get it intellectually from some preacher. They did not get it from their mama, their daddy. But they actually got it directly from Father himself. Now this is where that the center of the revelation is Christ. And then once Christ moves in the center of your life, then that moves you into the center of the revelation as well. And this is actually the new birth. This is what the new birth is. And this is why it is so difficult for people searching for the reality to say, well, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know, many of them are wanting to know they've got the Holy Ghost, like I can touch this leaf right here. So they want to know by some sort of senses. Now, I know, I know that I'm feeling something. I know that I'm feeling it. And that's why a lot of folks rely on tongues. They rely on this or that or the other because they need something that they can touch, something they can feel. And instead of it actually being revelatory from the very heart of God to their very soul, which has changed them and made them a new creature. Now, will they shout? Sure. Will they praise the Lord? They will. Will they cry? That's right. They may do all the above. But whether or not they cry, whether or not they shout when they go, they'll know one thing about it. They pass from death unto life. 
and the very spirit of God in them will never ever lead them to believe something contrary to the word of God. Now people with the Holy Ghost can believe things wrong. No doubt there are Holy Ghost filled people sitting here tonight that believe things wrong. But you are not believing them intentionally. You are believing and amening everything that you see. And there may be something said right here in this service tonight that will bring an enlightenment to you to show you that 40 minutes prior to this was said, you was holding on to something that was totally, completely against the scripture. But you wasn't doing it intentionally. You simply did not know any better. But that is one of the the proofs of the evidence of the Holy Ghost is that he will lead and guide you into all truth. So if you do have the Holy Ghost and you're believing something wrong tonight and the Holy Ghost illuminates more on that truth, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you'll follow that truth. Right. Now, you know, I believe in saying with your pastor, as long as your pastor stays with the word, but there's also a quote that I like to quote, which a lot of pastors don't like, don't really appreciate, but I do, because I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, so I love all the word. I believe that you ought to follow your pastor as long as your pastor stays in the word. That if your pastor leaves the word, now listen, if your pastor leaves the word, which is forsake, goes away from the word, then according to the same prophet of God, you ought to leave that man. Well, I believe that same principle applies to your mama. Oh my goodness, now some of y'all said amen when it come to me. I believe the same thing applies to your daddy, and I believe the same thing applies to you. You see, when you leave the word, you ought to leave you. Some of you would leave me a whole lot quicker and easier than you'll leave yourself. Because let's be honest, most of our idols that we wrestle with our entire life of getting rid of is ourself anyway. Well, praise the Lord. Now, if the pastor says something contrary to the word, well, you know what to do. You take what the word says. Well, don't apply something to me that you won't apply to your own self. So if yourself says something contrary to the word, then do the same thing you would do me. Vote me out. Well, I say do the same thing to yourself. When yourself tells you God don't love you, God don't care for you, you're not brides, you're not going in the rapture, your soul needs to have an election and vote your mouth shut. Shut your mouth. You're saying something contrary to the word. Now, if our faith is genuine and it's revealed to us by the presence of God, then we will do that very thing because God is calling for every seed of Abraham to separate themselves from seed tales, feel, smelled here, imagination, conscience, memory, reason, and affection, which of course is the endless to your body and the endless to your spirit. Now, if God desired to, to bring a church, a body of believers that would be his own people, his own kin, 
those by which he would have been kin to in the form of his original form, and that is thought form, he would have also been kin, they would have been kin to him when he was in the form of the Logos, then he would have had to become kin to them when he become a human being then he would reverse that process after giving his blood and opening up the blood cell of God and it released to us Zoe out of the body of God which was the Lord Jesus. Then it would bring those attributes of God back into family orientation again to where their minds would be burst back into the proper channel of God where they would never actually know as long as they were mortals. They would would never know it by knowledge that they existed before but they would know by revelation that when they saw the word of God was eagle food they left the other thing and they heard from their theophany then they would actually catch glimpse of their name being a portion of the Lamb's book of life y'all with me tonight now if the Father God desired to project a son, which is what we've read here uh, concerning the Lord Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but took upon him, made upon himself, or brought upon himself no reputation. But he took upon himself the form of a servant. Now, let us go, if we can, back into the eternal himself. Now, remember, the eternal, Jesus says here that God is a spirit. So God is not a man. God's not a boy. God's not an angel. God's not a bird. God's not an animal. Uh, but God is a spirit. And before he was actually God, which is object of worship, he was the eternal which is what the ancient Hebrews would have called him you remember when the prophet uh, met Dr. Lombinsa and Dr. Lomza was a man that was a, a Bible theologian, a, a man that studied the Bible. But Dr. Lomza's theory of the scripture was somewhat a little bit different. He wasn't by himself, but he was more in the minority. And that was that the Lord Jesus and the apostles, as, far, as well as the fo folks in the first century, for the most part, they spoke the, uh, the language of Aramaic and not Greek. So Dr. Lomza wanted to translate then the New Testament from the Aramaic language instead of it coming from the Aramaic to the Greek, then from the Greek to the English, and then from the English to the German and Finnish, and so on and so on. He felt like that the Bible would be more true to form if you had taken it directly from the Aramaic and be able to bring it, which was the language that Jesus spoke, bring it from there directly into our English. So he came and he heard the prophet preach. And then the next day he had a meeting with him, and when he did, he had this Lamza translation of the Bible. Well, there on this translation, the Bible was Hebrew letters and Hebrew words. And Brother Randall was like most of us, of course, he did not read or speak Hebrew. But it was there on the page of this Bible. And I have one myself. And whenever you look at this, it has Hebrew letters, but it has a dot, a dot, and a dot. Now, Brother Brandon being curious about that, he asked this Dr. Lams, he said, what is that? 
And he said, that is the ancient sign of God. He said, such as Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Now, then Dr. Lamsa says, now, not like the Trinitarians. And Brother Ram said, no, sir, not like the Trinitarians. And he said, now, Brother Branham, you're not oneness. He said, no, not like the oneness. So he said, you mean God in three attributes, such as Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He said, I knew and I saw that discernment last night. I said it in my heart. This is a prophet of God. And he said, now you answering back to that ancient sign of God. So here then the ancient sign of God in the Hebrew. And as I said, I've got one of those Bibles and it's right there across the top of it. And it's got three dots and then it has some other Hebrew letters under it. So it is a dot, a dot, and a dot, which is a triune or from the very place that we get the, the symbolism of what we call a triangle. Of course, T-R-I means three, but it was not three gods, but three attributes of the same God. So there, it would have been like this, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Then the eternal had all of these attributes inside of him, but he had some attributes that pertain to himself. And let me say it this way, it would have been categorized as what I would call self-expression. And then there was other attributes that was in him that would have been expression of others, but yet not a full embodiment of his own person. But there was attributes that were in him which were about him. So it would be him like this, being able to express himself from the top, which was the attribute alone. Then he would begin to express things about his personality, his heart, his mind, his character, his nature, his divinity, and then the greatest mystery of all, his humanity. But he would be able to divide those attributes from his being, from those things, some, of course, would be manifested in time alone. They would fulfill their purpose. They would cease to exist. Others would come from the source of where he himself was, and they would have an eternal essence about them. Now, even though they would be captured in human elements of time, as we are here tonight, but they would have this relevance which was more than time. They were part of him. You follow me so far? Some of you do, some of you are not sure. Okay. All right, now watch this in the future home, paragraph 129. Now, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The three stages. It was an attribute first was in God. That he thought of himself as being human. Now remember, this attribute that was in the eternal, this attribute has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with you and as far as in the first person. 
Now, it will affect my coming to the earth. It will affect my redemption. It will affect my change. But when he thought about himself as being human, he was not thinking that toward me. Amen. But he was thinking about himself toward a projection of his own nature and something by which the fullness of the Godhead bodily would be able to be projected in this body. That's not me and that's not you. You understand? So notice then he thought of himself as being human and that transmitted him down that transmitted him down to be Jesus. So Jesus was the transmitted thought of God's love or God's heart or God's mercy. But now there's other attributes that are in the eternal that do not transmit him down in the same measure. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Now he thought of himself as being human and what he did, I love the way the prophet said this. You imagine this man with a seventh grade education? So you know what it goes to prove to me? Don't take education to understand God. He thought of himself. Now remember his thoughts are his attributes. So he thought of himself. So the eternal thinks of himself being in time. So this thought of himself. Now he said he thought of himself as being human. And that transmitted him down to be Jesus. Now if you'll ever be there. You was with him then. For there's only one form of eternal life. And that's God. And you had to be a part of God at the beginning. Not what you chose down here. He chose you. All the Father has given me will come. Now notice then, and and Melchizedek, he said, notice now his attribute. Then the attribute was first God. The thought, the attribute itself, all in one, without being expressed. So in the eternal, it was not God being back there now as an old man and here was a young boy sitting at his throne, but it was the eternal. According to what Paul said, he was invisible. Amen. But there in the realm of invisibility was this form or format and that was all the attributes from him were in him all in this embodiment in the eternal himself. So first was the thought, the attribute, all in one without being expressed. So there's no expression. There's no logos, there's no sun, there's no moon, stars, atoms, molecules. There's absolutely nothing at all except for the eternal. But in the eternal is millions and millions and millions of attributes. Such as stars, suns, moons, sons and daughters of God, trees, animals, water, creek, lakes, rivers, seas, you know, on and on and on and on and on and on. 
Now, here it was, the attribute itself, all in one, without being expressed. This is why that we could not see him tonight without an expression of his attributes because the eternal is invisible. Praise God. How many believes that? How many believes two-thirds of you is invisible? Any of y'all ever seen your spirit? You believe you got one? Really? So your faith declares to you you have a spirit. Now, how do you know you got a spirit? Well, you look and see what the Bible says about your spirit, what the message teaches us that a human spirit will do. You take those characteristics and you look at yourself and you say, yep, I've got one because I reason. I've got one because I imagine. I've got one because of my conscience, right? So then you look at your soul. How many believe you got a soul? You ever seen it? Tasted it? Touched it? Looked at it? And yet you still believe in something you've never touched. You believe in something that you've never actually looked at. Have ever seen a soul? None of us. We've never seen a soul. And yet you believe tonight that you have a soul. So there is something inside of you that helps you to believe in invisibility. Praise the Lord. Yet inside that invisible realm in your soul is the ability to choose either God or the devil, right or wrong, light or darkness, so on and so on. And we can see that by the way we live. Now, no matter what people say out of the mouth, oh, I love God, I want to, be, I want to do this and I want to do that, I don't care what they say. I'm going to watch what their soul chooses and the way that choice will take their body, I'll take that over their testimony any day out of the week. That's right, because that invisible has such a power and a sway over them that even in their mind, they may think they really love God. But the invisibility of that power is from the soul, and the soul will have its sway over them, and they will do what they want to do. Everybody does. Well, you do. We all do. I wanted to come to church tonight. Guess what? I'm here. Some of y'all wanted to come to church tonight. Some of you still at Walmart, I believe, the way you're looking at me. Uh, but hopefully you'll, you'll, get, you'll get on board here before long. Leave your, leave your buggy at Walmart. Forget the celery. Forget the brain green beans. Forget that broccoli for sure. And let's have church tonight. You can go to Walmart after church is over. Now, the power of that invisible on the inside of us reflects itself every day of our life. So what do we see? We see the invisible expressed by the attributes on each of us every day that we live. So in the beginning then, back before the beginning, before time began, when he was the eternal, we would look around and we would see nothing. We would see no light. We would see nothing moving, nothing swirling, no wind, no atoms, absolutely nothing. Oh my. Notice then, he said, then when he expressed secondarily, secondarily. Now here's the second attribute of God which is the word in the form of expression. Here's the birth of the Son of God. Now watch the three, the three attributes. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. First, it is the fatherhood. 
Secondarily, he became then the Word. And then the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, St. John, the first chapter. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the first verse, this is the beginning, but before the eternal. Notice, in the beginning was the Word. Then when time began, it was Word. So out of the eternal, and the eternal gave birth to himself in one of his attributes. And you see, we cannot do this. So quit trying to figure this out in your mind that I'm going to do this after church. No, you ain't. There ain't none of us can do this. He's the only one that could actually give birth to an attribute and then become that attribute. And become in the embodiment of that attribute and say, this is my beloved attribute and whom I am pleased to dwell in. We do not have that ability, but he could. So out of him, then the first thing that he makes when he himself becomes in the form of creation is what? He doesn't make monkeys, he doesn't make trees, he doesn't make uh, planets and the universe and so on, but he creates a form of himself, which was what? An attribute in his act of condescension. Lord have mercy. Notice it, when the time began, it was Word. Oh, you saw one scripture. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same as in the beginning with God. Without Him was not anything made that was made, right? Verse 14, John said, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So in the beginning was the Word. What was before the beginning? The eternal. So before the beginning was no expression, but in the beginning is when the expression actually started. So here the expression starts to be personified from the very heart of God. And the very first thing that he created was what? The Word. Now he's giving birth to a son. Watch, before it was Word, it was attribute us all. Then it was expressed. In the beginning was the expression, the word. His first being was spirit, God, supernatural. All right, the great eternal. Second, he began to form himself. Now watch, this is the whole program, the eternal becoming tangible. He began to form himself towards flesh in a theophany. So he first, he is the eternal. Then he starts forming himself towards humanity. And what does he make? Then it's the word. In the beginning was the word. Then from the word, out of the word comes this theophany, theo, which is theology. Same word we get theology and all that from theo, which is God. So it is a God-like body. It has hands, but not like ours. Eyes, but not like ours. So it's a body that can appear, disappear. It could be here, it's gone, and change in a moment, the twinkling of an eye. So he began to form himself towards flesh in what was called a theophany. Now this was actually the Son of God. Wonder what old King Nebuchadnezzar down there Belteshazzar and their kingdoms and they had these guys down there that believed the word and prophets and message and all this stuff and they were so different and they tried to get them to you know to bow down they throwed them in lion's dens the lions couldn't eat them 
They wanted to burn them. They couldn't burn them. They tried to destroy them. You remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the king goes down and said, hey, boys, and we throw three guys in there? He said, yeah, we threw three in there. He said, how come I see four? And the form of the force is like the Son of God. What form was that? This is his theophany. So he steps inside of this fiery furnace. His theophanic appearance keeps back the pain away from his children. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But notice he could appear and disappear. Now, did he look like the same Lord Jesus that was born as a baby? Maybe, who knows? We don't know if he took another form or not. In Mark 16, after the resurrection, the Bible says he appeared unto them in another form, which is morphine. He appeared into them in another form. Now, whether it was actually a different looking body or he just disguised himself and was held or understanding, we'll, we'll understand that better by and by, won't we? So notice that he starts forming himself towards flesh. It's called a theophany, the word. This is the state he was in when he met Abraham and was called Melchizedek. He was in the form of theophany. Now, what's this in conference? I found this in there that I thought was absolutely beautiful. Because in the beginning, there was nothing but God. And in God was attributes. His attribute to be a savior. We know it's so. He is a Savior, and that was in Him. Now remember, that was not you. But it concerns you. Amen. That was not you. That was not me. That was not Paul. So these are the attributes that he thought about himself. When I become a man, I will become the kinsman redeemer. When I become a man, I will become their savior. When I become a man, so these are his thoughts about himself, but they must be expressed. Praise God. He is a Savior and that was in him. Now that was the Lord Jesus pre-birth. That was Jesus Christ before the Father gave birth to him. He was God. Lord, children, he was God's attribute. What are you and I tonight as the sons and daughters of God? Attributes of God. Jesus is not another person. He's an attribute of the one true God. He is a savior and that was in him. There was nothing lost to be saved. In him was attributes to be father. Listen to this. And there was nothing he could father. So in him was attributes to be father, and there was nothing he could father. So he thought about children. And he said, now I've got something I can father. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Where did it all come from? Back there in the realm of eternity. In him was attributes to be healer. 
There was nothing lost, nothing sick. So the only thing he could do was make man on the basis of free moral agency, knowing that he would do it. God didn't do it himself. Man done it himself. Notice again the seed under the shot. Like in the beginning, God, God dwelt alone because he was the eternal one. See, he wasn't even God. God is an object of worship. How many understands that? God is an object of worship. Now he said, and the Logos, as we call it, the word that went out of God that anyone knows, that was the angel of the Lord, or the word of the Lord, or the son of the Lord, if you will. This is the Son of God. What was the Son of God? It was God's own thought of himself stepping toward elements of time. Not another being. The same one. Notice the word of the Lord that followed the Israelites through the wilderness, the angel of the covenant, the Logos that went out of God. Then that Logos was made flesh and dwelt among us. Here we are in St. John 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now as he gave his life for us, then his spirit comes back upon us. Jesus said, at that day you'll know I'm in the Father, the Father in me, I in you and you in me. See, it's God all alone. God. Come on now. God manifesting himself. Working himself through different ages. Hallelujah. So those three of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Same God working in three attributes. And where we are one, the church itself. Well, glory to God. Now let's bring it on down past the three major attributes of God. And let's bring it on down to his body. And yet we are one, the church itself, an attribute of God's thinking before the foundation of the world to have a church. So those which are in Christ was in Christ at the beginning that was his thoughts and his thoughts is his attributes can't you see the family of God are the thoughts of God the family of God is the word of God the family of God is God Okay, let's go back to the elementary subjects again. Dogs give birth to? Cats give birth to? Horses give birth to? God gives birth to? Idiots, stupid, head, not heads, not savable? No, if God ever gives birth, he can only give birth to one thing, God. Woo, get out your handkerchief if you need to and fang yourself now and wake up now, come on. Watch this, and Satan's eating them, but the father, I love the way he bring this because he's dealing with the attributes of a mother and father and how they planned a family and a father and the mother. They first got married and, and then they decided they wanted a family. He said, now, your, your father, you was in your father in gene form. And he said, the father longed to know you. And with the union of connection with mother, then you were made known to father. Now, you are your father's attribute. You look like him. You got parts of your body that looks like your father. Now, that's the way God was in the beginning. 
And every son of God and every daughter of God was in God. Amen. At the beginning, you don't remember it now, but you were there. He knowed it. And after all, that's really what matters anyway. That's right. We don't remember, but he knowed it. And he wanted you. Now listen what he wanted. Listen to what the eternal God wanted. He wanted you to become. That's the same word used, of course, you know, as coming to pass. He wanted you to come to pass. He wanted you to become so he could contact with you, speak with you. And love you. And shake your hands. Can you imagine, Brother Stewart, that God wants to shake your hand? You believe whatever you want to, my friend. I believe God wanted to speak this sermon to us present in this place. Right here tonight. I believe God wants to come down among us, not just when we're in church. I believe he wants to comfort you when you're on your job. Sisters, when you're at home baking or cooking or whatever you're doing, I believe he longs for you and him to be so close. Praise God. My, my. Notice this again in works as faith expressed. Now remember, You're in a cycle of three, but you're one person. Like Father, Son, Holy Ghost, cycle of three, but one person. Now, why in the world would people take Father, Son, Holy Ghost and make three gods and they don't, and they'd take three elements of you and say, there's only one of you? Where did you go to school at? You mean to tell me you all believe tonight that you have a body, a spirit, and a soul? And you can say things about that body that you can't say about that spirit. And things you can say about that spirit that you can't say about that soul. And you'd say, well, we're going downtown. Say, you and who else? Well, we're going to eat. Uh, we're going. Now, if you start talking like that, well, I'll, I'll be coming visiting you over in the hospital. Because people are going to say, oh my goodness, but do you refer to yourself as us? Do you refer to yourself as we? But you refer to yourself as what? I. He did not refer to himself as we are and we this and we that, but I am that I am. Even when he referred to himself in the book of Genesis, let us make man. What was he speaking to? The attribute of the visible and the attribute of the invisible to come together and make a triune man in the Garden of Eden that was visible and invisible. So we hope you all are enjoying this service tonight. Because we sure studied hard to bring it to you. And we sure wanted you to be blessed. So I guess you can let us know after service if you was blessed by what we preached. Now believe it or not, it took all three of me to make it work.
But please don't go out and put that on Facebook. Boy, I, we was really blessed by our pastors tonight. Pastors, I thought y'all had one. Oh, no, he let us know tonight. We've actually got three. And he told me I was three. So we're a bunch of three people, are we? And yet, why will we allow ourselves to be that and not allow God, the great eternal, an even higher, higher form? Oh my, three attributes of the same God, fatherhood. The three offices like fatherhood, sonship, Holy Ghost. And you are body, spirit, and soul. So the eternal starts to project himself towards man. Then he transmits this thought of himself. Now, unlike you and I, he can release what portions of this attribute that he wants to release for the age and the time frame that he so desires. So instead of projecting the kinsman redeemer in the beginning, instead of making the Savior the (laughs) expression of Savior first, He expressed fatherhood by expressing the attribute of sonship in the form of a light. Now in the son is kinsman, redeemer, savior, healer, but he will go for many, many, many thousands of years before that will ever be expressed. Right now, he's just focusing on coming into tangibility. You say, Brother Donnie, what in the world has this got to do with making me a better housewife? It's easy. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Find your place in the body. You'll be a better housewife. Find your place as the head of the home, brothers, as a real husband. Don't don't think of yourself higher than you are. Find yourself in the position. That's exactly what he does. Notice now, he was the beginning of the heart. Love this in terms of Jesus. What is it is the manifestation of this promised word. He was God's anointed prophet. He was. He was the God prophet. He was all the prophets was. It was in him plus the rest of what God was. Whoa, that's quite a package. All that the prophets was plus everything God was was in him. God was in Christ reconciling himself to the world. He was God, Emmanuel, the fullness of God made known to us in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Here you go. The second attribute of God. Here is the Lord Jesus. His appearing is now. So it comes from this down to this. Now the expression is going to reveal the heart of God. The mercy of God. The forgiveness of God. The reconciliation. All that pertains to the redemption and the drawing back of man. 
will come from this second attribute. Now remember, it's not a second person. There is one person in this building tonight, one person in the world that has claim on me, has claim on me as being her husband. That's Carol. There are two daughters of mine in this place. They do not have claim on me as husband. I expressed a separate attribute with union with their mother and it brought out another attribute, same person. But it's, oh, glory be to God. Oh, some of you just saw it. Thank God. Well, hallelujah. It clicked. The very same person, same height, same weight, same color hair, same color eyes, same social security number, so on and so on and so on. But yet a different part of me into another expression and then I became father. Then Erica and Alicia can say daddy or dad, whichever it is they call me. Well, if they come up to me and said, oh, husband, husband, husband. I think the flu had really, really worked on them really bad. You know, there's something bad wrong. Well, they would never do that because they know that attribute is not theirs to claim. Hallelujah. Well, I've got six beautiful granddaughters, three sets of twins. They do not call me husband, nor do they call me father. They call me poppy. I know it's not very glamorous, but it seems awful wonderful when I hear them say it. (laughs) Now, that's a total different expression than I am to Kel, that I am to Alicia and to Erica, but yet it's the very same person all along. It's another attribute of me coming into expression, and as long as they live, they will have an identity when I'm dead and buried in the grave and rotted away. They'll still have an identity with me. Amen. In the natural genetics. Oh, hallelujah to God. Don't you understand? Out of him came the attribute of fatherhood, of sonship, of Holy Spirit, of Redeemer, of Savior, of Healer. All of this went out of him. Not 57 million gods. One God. Here, oh Israel, the Lord. Our God is one. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Notice that the fullness of God made known to us in the person of Jesus, his son, Jesus Christ, the second attribute of God. When I married Carol, I entered into another dispensation. I had just been a boy. Well, I was actually still a boy since I just turned 17 the next day, but I was a married boy. And whenever Alicia came along first, that attribute 
brought me into a different dispensation. Now, before it was just Carol and I living in a little single wide trailer, and then before long we had a squalling youngin. It brought out a different attribute. Don't y'all sit there and look at me and act like yours didn't squall. Oh, what did y'all do? Ring bells? Oh, you give yours a bell. When they got hungry, it rung the bell for the bottle, huh? No, you know better than that. I remained in that dispensation for years. Until this and Scott found out they were expecting. Then when she gave birth to the first set of twins, I changed dispensations. Glory be to God. Did anything happen to me? Well, yeah, I actually did. I got all nervous and tore up and running to get back over to the hospital. A cop pulled the over and gave me a ticket. Something happened to me. But I was the same person the whole, oh, children, do you understand it? I was the very same person, yet they can all be together and us all talking and Carol will say, Donnie, and my girls might say, Dad, or the other girls say, Poppy. Oh, hallelujah. But I know exactly how to answer them according to the dispensational claim that they have on me. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm the same person, yet their identification with me. Don't you understand the difference between the bride and the church? The bride says, oh, sweetheart, oh, lover, oh, great king of my heart. And the church says, oh, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Oh, we're not worthy. Sometimes you talk like them. I said, sometimes you talk like them. You need to know who you're talking to. <laughs> you need to know your claim on him. Hallelujah. He's not your God that's going to meet you in anger and wrath. He is your husband. <laughs> so here in the person of his son, the second attribute of God. So out of the eternal comes this visibility. What was this visibility? God giving birth to a son. The second attribute. I'm going to take a few more minutes. I ain't going to ask you if I can have them. Notice this. Jesus was the son of God from before. The foundation of the world. The attribute of God. But remember, he wasn't a man. He was in the form of God, but he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He was in the morphe of God. So the Son of God was the visible part that be able to strike what the word morphe means the image which strikes something which makes it visible so the son of God God giving birth to a son is the eternal purging out from the realm of invisibility in the eternal and given an expression that would strike the image and people beings angelic beings demons whatever more would be able to look and see that expression that was the son (laughs) 
God rich in mercy. God is the Word, and it was made flesh and dwelt among us now. He might bring forth. The other attributes of God, the body, Jesus was the body of God, an attribute. Moses seen him pass in the back part of him. No man had seen his face, but now we see him, we beheld him. See him as a sacrifice. Now see, he was an attribute of God. So where did Christos, the Logos, where did he come from? The eternal. But Jesus was the humanity. But before he was Jesus, the boy, the man, the human, the servant, he was the Word. Before he was the Word, he was the attribute. Uh huh. Chapter 4, same book. I am now a man, a flesh man. But before I was flesh man, I was part of the Word. Oh, I figured some of you get quiet. I mean, it's going to hit you one of these days where you're going to realize you come right down through this side. You come straight from the mind of God just like He did. Notice, He was an attribute of God being displayed. The Word, that's what He was. Again, Melchizedek. You see, He come right down the regular line from attribute before the foundation of the world, his name was put on the Lamb's book of life. You imagine Jesus' name, but on the Lamb's book of life. His name was on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. Then from that, he could become the Word, the theophany that could appear, disappear. Then he became flesh and returned back again, resurrected that same body in a glorified condition. So here is the attribute of love standing, talking to this woman of ill fame and ill repute. Let me close with this. God's power to transform. And Jesus was God's attribute of love. When the attribute of love was displayed, which that was God himself, all the attributes that hung onto him. Friends, this is why you can't be run off. People that can be run off, they're not hung right. If you're hung to him, you can't be run off. Oh, y'all say the pastor hurt my feelings and the devil done this and the devil done that. Let me tell you something. The elect of God, even Jesus can't run them off, much less the devil. Praise God. All the attributes that hung, how many is hung? Unto him, come to him. All the Father has given me will come to me. Sure, they had to be predestinated. If you wasn't, you won't be there. That's all. Let's stand. <coughs> Let's stand.
Now that you're standing, I'm going to read one more. Praise God. You're the virtuous bride of Christ. Washed in the blood of Christ. Precious, virtuous, sinless son of God. Standing with a pure, unadulterated bride word. Isn't that amazing? It didn't say word bride. Bride word that he washed by the water of his own blood that became flesh and manifested that he might take you which were predestinated in the bosom of the Father before the beginning. You believe it? The same as he was. He was that great attribute of God called love. So God so loved that he gave. So here is the very Lord Jesus before he was a human. He was an attribute which became a word which was embodied in theophany then later born laid in a manger suffered for our sins. Now here's other attributes in the very bosom of God as well. They're not saviors. You only need one. They're not redeemers. You only need one. As good as this one was, you don't need no second, third, and fourth. But you are attributes from the same source for whatever he placed you in life to be. Praise be to God. In the rapture, I've always preached that he was deity, not just a man. He was God manifested in the flesh. God, the attribute of God of love. The great attributes that came down displayed here on earth of God, Jesus was God's love. So it's not another person, but it was this attribute that came from the eternal And he said, this is me in human, tangible, touchable form. So you imagine him that day as he goes by. He picks up a little bit of dust from the temple yard. Puts it in the palm of his hand. Spits in it. He makes mud, little small mud pies. And he goes over and rubs it on that man's eyes, which is born blind. And he said, now go wash in the pool of Siloam. What was it? A display of the attribute of God's love. What was it when you was out there drinking, smoking, running around, my soul so far gone, you probably didn't think there's no hope left for you. 
But what got a hold of you? Jesus, the attribute of God's love. What is it that helps us now love those that hate us if we've got the Holy Ghost? It's again Jesus, the attribute of God's love that helps us love those that hate us. How can we love those that hate us and yet at the same time stand against sin and stand against wrong? And absolutely, my, some people say, oh my goodness, them people are so, so harsh. And they, they, say, they say things so cutting and so, how can they do that? We're multi-attribute. You see, our God is also a man of war, the scripture calls him. So our God is a God of vengeance and of wrath and so on. So you have to know which attribute to display at that particular time. Notice Jesus was God's love, which built a body that Jehovah himself lived in. So God just projected this out of his own being. So here was Jesus in the form of theophany. Jesus, the attribute of God, steps out of the theophany of God, steps down into this body of a baby. The very one who created the worlds and spoke them into existence entered into a state of inability to speak. So he blow bubbles. And as I said to you a couple of weeks ago, maybe his first words, I'll say in English so you'll understand it. Maybe his first words was, Mama. And Mary, just like, like you did with yours. Mama. She said, oh, it's his first words. Mm, not exactly. <laughs> In his former life, no. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But he took not upon him the form of God when he come to the earth. Can't you see why, friends, when people become so arrogant, so proud, so selfish, so self-centered. You know, Brother Ram tells us in question answer 1959, God has a hard time trying to find a man that he can use. Because he said when he goes to using men, they want to become a God or an angel before the people. But he said if God can find a man, and the more he uses him, the littler he gets. And the more he uses him, the littler he gets. But God does a little something with us, and boy, we stick up our nose in the air and act like we're something. Yeah, I'll tell you what you are. You're cutting off any further advancement. You'll never be no greater, friends, until you realize you are nothing. I am nothing. You are nothing. There's only one great one, and that's the Almighty God. Hallelujah. God bless you. Let's bow our heads together if you would. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Oh, Heavenly Father, what great things you have done. 
Lord, I thank you so much for letting me just hear about it. I am so blessed to have been in this service tonight. To hear of the plan of the eternal. Praise God. If I was just an onlooker to see the plan unfolded, I would be a blessed man. But I believe tonight by your grace, I'm not just an onlooker. I'm a participant, Lord. Praise God. I saw this tonight, Lord, not because of education. I saw it tonight, God, not because I'm hearing it repeated from someone else. But, oh, Lord, because I believe you opened my heart to see you. And I find it to be so amazing because the more I see you, the more I see me. And the more I see me identified with you, the real me, that is. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, I appreciate your anointing dropping in here tonight. I've seen it happen several times, Lord. It was like light bulbs going off all over the building. I thank you for that, Lord God. It thrills my heart because I know I can't do that. A preacher can't do it, Lord. It takes you. Oh, and when you do it, it's just furthering of the eternal deposit in their soul. Praise God. Lord, they don't realize it tonight, but what happened was a little bit more of their inheritance fell down inside their soul. And a little more of that spiritual image grew, as they said, under your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray you'd be mindful of us, Lord. You see, while we're still in these bodies, that we deal with sickness and pain and heartache and trouble. Lord, and you see, and know, Lord, so much sickness going on. So much flu and all this stuff, Father. Lord, myself still congested in my head and my lungs and just not feeling myself, Lord. Many others I know is the same way. We pray for your mercy to us, Father God. We believe that attribute inside of your being. It did not come out alone to be Savior, but it come out in a package to be Savior and Healer. So we call upon that attribute expressed already. For the scripture tells us by your stripes, we are already healed. Father, we claim your promise tonight, Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray for my brother Randy. Gissing down her, Lord, you see tomorrow going in for a, a surgery that he's facing, Lord. Several hours long, six hours, I believe. And Lord, maybe be in the hospital for six to eight days. Afterwards, dear God, we're just asking you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you'd be with Brother Randy, Sister Sharon, Lord, their family that's going to be there with them, you'd comfort them and help them. Lord God, we thank you for everything that doctors can do to help us. Lord, I just give a quote to Carol yesterday where your prophet said, God heals by love, God heals by music, God heals by medicine, God heals by surgery. He said, the thing is, God heals. Praise God. You wanted people to be healed so well, so much, Lord. 
You made all these different avenues by which they could be healed. God, may you be with our brother. Bring him through, Father, we pray. Lord, these others that are sick and afflicted, no doubt some of them here tonight in church and they didn't feel well, but they pressed on, Lord Jesus. They put forth the effort to come on anyhow. I pray that you bless them, Lord. Those that wasn't able to come to church, didn't feel like it, Father, would you just touch them, Lord Jesus? We worship you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God. How we long to gather around your throne. Lord, I hope the people can see what we're doing, what's happening. The rapture is another display of one of them attributes in your being. You've not been yet crowned by your saints. But when the rapture takes place, praise God, we will come up into that heavenly realm and we will crown that human body of yours which was glorified and raised up. Amen. We will crown that and we will throw down our crowns as it were at the feet of our blessed Lord. And we will say he is king of kings and Lord of lords. The first, the last, the alpha, the omega. Praise God. The everlasting father, the prince of peace, the mighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But Father, we don't want to wait till then to worship you. We want to worship you while we're heading that way. We love you with all of our hearts tonight, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sing something for us, hey? How many loves him with all your heart? Oh, children, don't you appreciate his grace? Aren't you glad you have experienced God's attribute of love? The Lord Jesus. He's more than a name to the bride. He's more than a picture. He's an attribute. I'm glad I know him that way. I have experienced Jesus, the attribute of God's love. Hallelujah. In him was to be Savior. Can't you see all the personality of God in the second attribute and the first attribute from the fatherhood to the sonship? And the fullness that was wrapped up and projected in him. Everything that God was, was emptied into Christ. But you and I only get a small portion of that. I'm not bridegroom. No, I'm bride. I'm not savior. I'm not redeemer. I'm not healer. I'm not El Shaddai. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Didskanu. That's not me. But all of that was projected toward the second attribute of God. The very son of God himself. Here we are tonight under the auspices, not of denomination, not of a headship of a man, but the Lord Jesus himself. Praise God revealing himself to us by his precious word. Let's just worship him just just a little before we go. Fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. I fell in love with love.
the best thing I've ever, ever done. In His arms, I feel protected. In His arms, never disconnected.
Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Well, Lord willing, this weekend you get to hear a good preacher. Brother Jason Watkins will be with us on Saturday night and Sunday morning. So come expecting the Lord to speak to us. We appreciate our brother and the gift of God's place in his life. So come pulling on the gift of God. God will minister to us. You believe that? It's one thing I love about the Lord, Brother Dan Daisley used to say it this way, that preachers was like lifesavers, they come in all different flavors. Some's orange, some's yellow, some green, you know, some pineapple. Every now and then you'll get one in your mouth that you particularly don't like, but just give it time, it'll dissolve. Amen. God bless you. Let's bow our heads together and we'll pray. You can be dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you for the service tonight, Father. I pray, dear God, that you would just let this word go into our hearts. Lord, we don't want it to become education to our intellect. But, Father, as we ruminate as sheep do, may the Spirit of God quicken these things to us, Lord. The Holy Spirit is the inside teacher. He takes that which comes by the preaching of the word and makes that word alive to us. Grant it to us, Lord Jesus, as we feed upon your word. May the Spirit of God take that word and make it more alive, quicken it as we think and meditate. Grant it, Lord Jesus, till we become closer and closer into your image. The prophet said, we have never yet become the word, but we come into the word image as we feed upon the word. Amen. We thank you for that, Lord. Go with us now, we pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, take the name of Jesus with you. God bless you, saints. Love one another. Love God. Pray for one another. See you, Lord willing, this weekend. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of Oh, how sweet.